you feel like you've got this big dream, if you feel like there's something that you really want to do, this idea that sits on your shoulder and you think about all the time or periodically, but there's this fear standing in your way or that crops up and keeps you from taking action or wondering if it's even possible, this episode is for you because we are having a wonderful guest expert come on to share on all things living the dream and facing your fear. Let's dive in. You're listening to the Freedom Found Podcast, an audio community for freedom-driven entrepreneurs wanting to build and scale an impactful online business that allows them to spend more time with their toes in the sand than their fingers on the keyboard. I'm your host, Crystal Church. I'm an email copywriter and business mentor, borderless entrepreneur, and wannabe dog mom. On this podcast, we'll talk all things online business, marketing, strategy, mindset, health, travel, and what it's really like to be a borderless entrepreneur. Freedom Found is all about equipping you with insight and actionable tips to help you build your business around your life so you can spend more time exploring new cities, hanging with your family, working on that new business project, or quite frankly, however the hell you'd like. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Freedom Found podcast for a special guest episode with the wonderful Alexa Glazer. And I am just so excited that she is here. Alexa is a speaker, the author of Live in the Dream today, because tomorrow is not promised. She's a podcast host to Chasing Alignment and an adventurer. Alexa is a free spirit with an old soul, making people feel seen, heard, and loved through words, written and spoken. It's her mission to lead with empathy and share the power of chasing your curiosity. So without any further ado, I am so excited to say hi, Alexa, and I'm so thrilled to welcome you on the podcast today. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. I'm so excited for this. It's not even funny. I'm like giddy over here. I'm Yeah, I'm seriously thrilled. Those of you that don't know, Alexa and I met just over a year ago, actually, yeah. when we were really just starting our businesses and things mm-hmm. were just starting to blossom. And I feel like so much has happened between now and then. Yes, I feel like a million things. So true. So why don't you start us off by telling us a little bit about yourself and that journey of how you got even before you started your business last year into coaching and where you are today and your writing and speaking. Yeah, of course. So honestly, I feel like my big journey into self-development and empathy and all of the things that I'm doing now started a little over seven years ago. And it was kind of the first time I realized that there's no such thing as the lucky ones. I grew up very fortunate and I don't even like using the word lucky anymore, but for heaven's sake, I was just a very lucky person. And when it rains, it pours. And I had lost my dad unexpectedly and really just started understanding that this is what life is actually like. And it was scary and it was unknown and it was very uncertain. And so I started writing as a coping mechanism, truly just, I had notes in my phone and I had an actual journal that I wrote in with hand. And I had this thing on my computers everywhere that I could. I wrote because it was physical proof of where I was, where I was going. And it was just this amazing sense of kind of identity to look back on. 
And a couple years after really diving into just writing in this way, I was like, I'm going to write a fucking book and I'm going to help people and I'm going to make them feel like they aren't so alone in this big, heavy world that I didn't know existed prior. And after writing, I started a movement. I wrote my book. I started speaking. I started coaching because of the pandemic. And all of these things just really brought me into making people feel seen, heard, and loved. That is so beautiful. And like as a fellow writer, I just so resonate with that, that you used it as a tool, not just for yourself, you know, and not just to go through this period of your life, but to help other people. And I think that that's just so, so beautiful. And I want to dive into that a little bit more. Can you tell us about your experience, like living the dream? I have to do a side tangent here because some of you listeners know I am obsessed with van life. And this is something I've done for a short period of time, but Dale and I are planning on doing it for a long time in the future. And I know you went on this sort of personal journey Mm -hmm. adventure. And was that at the same time of writing your book or how did this play out? Yeah. So it was actually after I published my first one, but so kind of the reason living the dream kind of became my thing is because it was actually my dad's thing. And once he passed, I realized what living the dream actually meant to him and that it's not this end all be all. It's not the glitz and glam of life. And it's also not the American dream, but it's whatever you want that dream to actually be and how it can change and shift and pivot throughout our life, depending on these seasons of life that we go through. And I really like dove into this and tried to find the balance of what living the dream actually meant to me and kind of also just a broad sense of what I thought that it could mean to the world. And basically, I'm not going to lie, I went through a breakup and I started doing all of this traveling Because to be honest, I wanted to run away from my problems a little bit and I wanted to just experience the world. And so I started doing a lot of traveling with friends and road tripping, et cetera. And this was right when I started getting into wanting to do more speaking and I had just gotten back from Iceland. I had van life on my mind and I went from Iceland to Tucson, Arizona to speak at a student leadership conference. And I had met another speaker who was kind of willing just to sit down and chat with me. And he loved helping like new speakers like me. And he had converted an old ambulance with his wife. He had gone on tour. He was very familiar with what van life actually was, but we were sitting in the Starbucks in Tucson, Arizona. And he's like, okay, like, what's the dream, dude? Like, tell me what this dream of yours is. And I was like, honestly, I would love to live in a van one day and just travel around and speak at conference to conference and conference and conference. And he was like, all right, let me get this straight. He's like, you talk about living the dream. In fact, you wrote a book on living the dream. You tell people how to do it and you're not living yours. And I was oh, like, damn. exactly. Mic drop. <laughs> like drop. I threw the mic I'm speaking on right now on the freaking floor. That is what it felt like. I'm like, you're right. Like I literally had nothing to say. There was no excuses, but damn. And I bought my van a month later. Oh my God. Talk about taking action. Yes. I'm like, this is the scariest freaking thing I'm about to do. But honestly, the scariest part wasn't even necessarily buying the van. It was telling my family that I'm about to do this thing and that I needed their support in some aspect and sense. But yeah, and so I bought the van and ended up living in it for a year, traveling and doing exactly what I said, wanting to speak. And I definitely 
wrote or just, I don't even want, I don't know. There was a lot that happened in the van. I feel like you think travel is going to change you, but it's the after the travel that changes you. Oh, that's if deep. That makes sense. Do you, you are a traveler. So I know this is yeah. my podcast, but like, think about that. You know what I mean? It's like when all of the like thing sits and like you get to resonate with everything you've experienced and learned in the different cultures. To me, that is when the change happens. It's not the during. 100%. Like it is every time as well that I go home and at the moment I'm gearing up for another trip back home, I see even more so the change that I've experienced personally. You're just sort of confronted with it, right? Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, wow, you don't even notice because it's micro changes. And then when you're there, you're like, oh, wow, I'm a different person. Like I really Mm -hmm. am a different person and it's just happened slowly over time. That is so true. And mm-hmm. yeah, just so wild. I love that the very next month you went out and bought your van. That is something that I'm definitely going to do and have a van where I can pop in and out of wherever I want and then go back home to a house when I want some more space. Yes. And some good showers. Yeah, that's <laughs> so true. So that is actually a great segue into this conversation I really want to have with you around going into the fear And I don't know if it was that you hadn't realized yet that there was this idea, this dream that you wanted to go and live van life, or if you had realized, but there was some fear cropping up. But as we dive into it and as we talk about what does it really mean to go into the fear, can you give us a preface of like, were you experiencing that yourself? Oh, yeah. I mean, there were so many things, just like conversations popping up in my own head and just me putting the excuses in my head as well, like that doesn't matter or that's not going to happen to you or put on a front because you want to do this and you can't look small. I mean, there was so much just kind of this, I'm an independent woman and not even, I don't need no man, but I don't need no one mentality kind of going on if I'm being honest. And it was a little bit to pump myself up and it was a little bit to pump other people up that I was going to be fine and don't worry about me. But to be honest, I think when we get in our head, that's like obviously our ego talking, which to me is like fear's voice. We have this fear that is constantly testing us. But I think if we put a different spin on fear, that it's not testing us, that it's just ultimately teaching us if we allow it, if we let it be our teacher and we stop letting ego be the voice and let ourself be the voice, then like fear can come along with us. So I've tried to, because this is the thing, like fear is going to be with us every step of the way. Like it is never going away. You want to get a new job, fear's there. You want to get into a new relationship, fear's there. You want to get out of a relationship, fear's there. You want to have a child. I mean, literally with everything we experience, fear is going to show up. So to me, the quicker you can say fear, I see you. I'm going to look you dead in the freaking eye right now. I see you, but get in my freaking pocket and come with me. But like, you don't get to say anymore. Like you can come. I want you here. I want to know what this feeling feels like. So once I do the thing, I can be like, I overcame that, but it's letting yourself get the power, letting yourself get the voice and no longer letting fear feed that ego and letting it make the decisions. Oh, That is so, so good. So, okay, from a tangible perspective, this sounds great. But what if I am in this moment experiencing this massive mindset block or fear around something happening? 
what do you do or what do you recommend that people do to actually face that fear? Like, how do I take it with me in my pocket, but also be stronger than it or reframe it in a way that actually works for me? Yes. Okay. So I think the way to look at this is when you're looking it in the eyes, it's like, am I scared of you or is someone else telling me to be scared of you? So if we want to use like the van example, was I scared of being a female on the road, living in a van by myself or was my mom, was the rest of society scared of a female 20 at the time, seven year old girl living in a van on the road alone. So I think that's the first step of like, is this my fear or is this everyone else's fear that I'm just like creating that narrative in my head because I've been told it enough times that I should be scared. So I think that's like the first thing is identifying that. Secondly, if it's actually, well, if it's someone else's, okay, really put it in your pocket even fucking quicker and just keep going. I hope I can swear on this too. I'm sorry. I kind of have a sailor's. Hell yes. Swear away. (laughs) Okay. I get like halfway through it. I'm like, oh shoot, should I be doing this? Anyway. So that's (laughs) the first thing. If it's someone else's fear, put it in your freaking pocket, move full force, start going towards the thing. If it's your fear, if you're like, no, 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 like no one's actually saying these things. I've kept quiet, but it is scary as shit. It's like, well, where is that coming from? Possibly is there like a pattern that has told you that, oh, this hasn't worked out in the past. So in this one, I'll use relationships as an example. Unfortunately, I haven't been in very many, if not very many, I haven't been in any faithful relationships up to this point. Okay. So to me, getting in a new relationship, there's a lot of fear that goes into committing to someone because I have this proof in my mind and in my reality that it hasn't worked up to this point that someone hasn't decided to be faithful or respect me in the way that I actually deserve. So there's that, but then there's the next portion of that. Like, okay, if there's no proof of it though, how can we change that? What part are we playing, which is freaking scary to look in the mirror and figure out what part we're playing. But also secondly of like, is the other outcome though worth it? And I think that's the biggest thing with fear. It's like, is what's on the other side of it. If you like straddle the line for a bit of fear and you're like, okay, I can do this. I can't do this. I can do it. I can't do it. And then you freaking decide to do it. It's because it was freaking worth it. I always like to say fear means we're interested. We're scared of things because we're curious. And to be curious is a cool freaking place to be, you guys. I love that you're bringing curiosity into this. Mm. Oh, not talked about enough. I love this example, too, of saying, okay, well, actually, when you look at it and you're thinking about this fear, is it the fear of actually what you're talking about or taking it back to what you were saying about your mom? Is it somebody else's fear that you were carrying with you? And I feel that even on a personal level, moving and living in different countries and all of that, everybody has an opinion. And it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. if you're doing that, if you're buying a van or traveling the world or, you know, you want to date somebody that somebody doesn't approve of, whatever it is, everybody will always have an opinion on what you're doing. Like no matter Mm. what it is. Mm. Literally always. How often are we carrying around this fear that we think is our own, but we haven't Mm. even asked that really simple question of, is this mine or is this somebody else's? Mm -hmm. That's, oh, that's so deep. Uh, That's going to become a filter question of mine. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, I do have some fears or anxieties or worries around X, Y, and Z happening in your life, 
create a filter question where before you even let yourself go down the rabbit hole, you ask, and you'll have to tell me if you think this is good advice, you'll ask yourself, is this my fear or is this somebody else's I'm carrying with me? Yeah. And I think that goes along with kind of every emotion that we feel. Like I always say, like, I try to name, I'm a feelings person. I start with my feelings and like fear to me is a feeling. Obviously there's so many sub feelings of fear, right? Like we can be anxious. We can be nervous. We can be scared. We can be still excited. We can be empowered. Like there's so many things, but that to me is like the umbrella term. So I always try to say like, can we name this? And by naming it, that is you choosing, is this mine or is this someone else's? Is this mine or someone else projecting this feeling on me? Because ultimately, like, we get the choice. And there's some freaking power in that. Yeah, that's so true. And sometimes we don't realize that we have the choice either. That's like the second point that you mentioned, which is, is it the fear around sort of the first initial idea of it? Or is it the fear about actually doing the thing? Like, Mm -hmm. how often are we keeping ourselves from doing it? Because it's like, well, what if I fail? Like, Mm -hmm. what if I get in another bad relationship? What if, you know, X, Y, and Z? So there's this dichotomy then of, well, is the grass greener, essentially? And how do you bridge that gap? And how do you assess before going for it that it's worth it? Mm. Dang. So I think like the big thing with this too is awareness is such a big piece in making all of these I don't even want to say heavy, but just like big decisions that we have in life and how we face fear, right? So to me, we bridge that by, again, identifying, is the outcome worth it? And if we said yes to that question earlier, it's like, okay, but how deep am I willing to go to figure out what that worth actually means? So we'll use a business example here, right? I grew up in the Midwest and in the Midwest, success is you work at a shit ton of hours and that is how you make a lot of money. Or you work many jobs and that is how you're successful because eventually you make a lot of money. And that can be totally fine if that's how someone wants to identify success to them. But again, that's what I've been trained my whole life. So I realized as now a business owner growing up in the Midwest and that not being my idea of success, when I face the fear of, okay, do you quit your job to like fully go into this? Do you quit this, do this, et cetera, of, but this isn't what success is. This is what I was learned that success was. So is it worth it? And that's when you have to identify, but success means this thing to me and has nothing to do with what I've learned my entire life. And so although it's really scary because I know that I don't align with that thing that I've learned forever, that means it's worth it, which means I'm willing to face, to look in the mirror and say like, oh my goodness, that's not my truth. That might be someone else's and that's totally okay, but it's not mine. So all of this other stuff I'm going to have to do. And if we look at the grass is green on the other side, the weeds I'm going to have to pick out to do this on my own or to eventually outsource or to invest in myself, all these scary freaking things with no idea if I'm going to make any money. That to me is more worth it. The fear means that I am interested. It means that I'm curious and we're going to put in our pocket and we're going to go to where we think the grass is greener because it's our freaking choice. So, so good. Seriously. I think that that's the most important piece of it is What you keep touching on is like, if you are afraid and if you're thinking about it still, right? Because Mm -hmm. if it's a big idea and you're like, oh, that's scary and you immediately ditch it, obviously it's not deep rooted. It's not something that you like feel so passionate about. 
if you're still thinking about it, even if you're thinking about the fear around it, that means you care. That means it's important to you. I think too, like a good example, and I do this a lot of like, anytime I'm scared of something, we lose sight of everything else that we've ever done. Right. Where it's like, this is just one big scary thing that we're scared to do. And so we're going to pause on everything and just overthink it all. And it's going to take forever. Well, it's like, make a list of all the things you've already done in your life that have been really freaking scary. And whether or not the outcome was what you wanted or not, Hey, guess what? You still have a pulse. Like you're here. You've survived the thing that you've, it's never killed you. And that's freaking amazing. And there's so much power in that. So living in a van, really freaking scary. Did it anyway. Still here. Writing a book, that was really scary, really vulnerable, did it anyway, still here. Getting in a new relationship, did it anyway, did it end how I wanted? Nope, still here. (laughs) Oh, that's so good because I think sometimes it's easy for us to be like, okay, yeah, 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 I can face the fear and I can do it, but we Mm -hmm. still sit in our paralysis. Mm -hmm. So I actually like this tangible piece of being able to write out what have we actually done or quote unquote accomplished against our fears. And even if it didn't turn out in the way that we expected, we are still okay with it. And I think that's so powerful just in empowering ourselves to do the scary hard things. Mm -hmm. Now, I've got a question for you around this idea that living the dream, so many people talk about it. And so Mm -hmm. many people say, yeah, I really want to create my dream life. I want to do this. I want to do that. Very few, in my opinion, actually take action to make it work. And I think that the ones that do sort of obviously face this fear, but they also figure out along the way how to balance whatever that dream is with what is happening in their life at the moment, because there's Mm -hmm. so much life, family, business, work, whatever it is, you've got all this going on. And then you've got this big dream, like Mm -hmm. sitting on your shoulder, tapping on you, being like, hey, I'm still here. How do you suggest that somebody start to like balance this idea of the reality they're living in and then being able to go after this big dream, even if it's scary? Yeah, let's do this backwards a little bit. So I think a lot of times we think, like I said a little bit earlier, and I'll reiterate, is that living the dream is this end-all be-all. It's this glitz and glam. It's this kind of misconception of what success is. And there's like just a label and these bubbles we have to fit in in order to live the dream. Well, living the dream is really just living your dream, whatever you want it to be. But it's also knowing that life is not going to stop just because you are living this dream. So in working backwards, I'd like everyone to reframe like this pursuit of happiness. Because a lot of times I think we think, Living the dream equals me being happy and you being happy all the time. And I'm saying this sarcastically a little bit because that is what I did. Honestly, when I lived in the van, like I said, I was running from my problems. I was chasing happy. And what I realized is that we need to get away from this pursuit of happiness and we need to get in line with the pursuit of peace. And to me, peace is being content. I hate the word content actually, but The pursuit of peace is being okay with wherever you are when you are there. It's truly putting your feet on the ground and like being okay with where your feet are, regardless of being at this cloud nine, butterflies and rainbows, amazing celebratory phase or season of life or rock bottom. I'm never coming out of bed. I am depressed right now. My mental health is really low. It's being at peace and truly, truly, truly feeling all of the feelings. 
I, during this pandemic was the first time I started therapy. It was kind of the first time I realized I was chasing happy and I wasn't feeling anything but happy. And there was a lot of pain and there was a lot of grief that was like pushed, pushed, pushed down. And I'll never forget this. First time I ever walked into therapy, I was like literally holding back tears on my way up the stairs to his office. And I sat down. He was like, hi, how are you? And I was like, I am so fucking sad all of the time. This is terrible. Like, I want to stop this. And he was like, this is great. And I was like, excuse me? Did you hear me? At this point, I I started bawling at like, my name's Alexa. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, did you hear me? (laughs) Like, This is great. I'm sad all of the time. And he, he said, this means you're actually living. Like every feeling that you allow yourself to feel means this is an opportunity to truly live. He's like, do you know how many people don't feel sad? I'm like, good wow. for them. He's like, no. Do you know how many people don't ever feel sad because they don't allow themselves not feeling to feel anything? Mm. Literally, they're just purely existing, numb to life. So that is like the first thing is like rather than thinking of pursuit of happiness, which sounds great, um, think of pursuit of peace. And then when we think of actually living the dream, there's so much balance there that we forget. So when I look at living the dream, I've kind of established that living the dream is sacrifice. So the need to either give up something or lose something in our life, it is the grind. And that is to see the light at the end of the tunnel, no matter how dim or dark it is and doing it anyway, because again, we're interested in what's on the other side. So there's fear in that. Then we have humility and it's those gut checks of life. It's the life inconveniences. It's the heartbreak. It's the grief. It's the ups, the downs, all the things, but it's just staying humble, but hustling hard, no matter what it's those small victories of life. So looking at every single day and picking up the smallest thing. If it's the worst day ever, was it the worst day ever? Or was it the worst five minutes that you just decided to milk all freaking day? So looking back, reverse engineering, seeing the small victories. And then it is, there's that happiness piece of going through all of these like well-balanced hard times to find that happiness, that actual, I like even saying joy now, like joy to me is an intentional happy And so that to me is living the dream. There's balance in that because you're knowing that life is never going to just hit pause. I think you bring up such a good point here. And I'm so glad you did that happiness isn't like the destination and we're Mm -hmm. not going to live in an endless state of happiness, right? It just doesn't exist because life is a range of emotions. Um, And I think it's so important, like, in full full transparency, I also have had, and you know, I have like bounced around from country to country to country for the past like nine years. I very much was on the same journey of I'm on my pursuit of happiness. And mm-hmm. in every place it was like, okay, well, if this isn't quite right, that's okay. I'll go to the next place and I will be happy in the next place. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you get there and you're like, okay, maybe some things are better and some things are worse. No problem. I'll be happy in the next place. You know, and that continuous bouncing around instead of looking inward and saying, well, how can I just find joy in where I am on a daily basis? Because Mm -hmm. nothing is ever going to be perfect. That's the dream, right? Is being joyful on a regular basis and experiencing the other emotions too, being sad when you need to be sad and being, you know, ready to face fears and go after what you want and not wait for happiness until you get there. Because especially yeah. in business, you have to tell me what you think about this, but there is always another another mountain to climb, 
Like once you get to the top of a peak and you're like, oh, wow, my big goal was to do X, Y, and Z in my business. You know, I wanted to, you know, work with these dream clients or hit six figures or do this or do that. Once you get there, you still have the same problems. You're still Mm -hmm. the same person. You're not, you're not like then quote unquote happy at that point. Right. But I think it's a disillusionment in our online space that like, Mm -hmm. especially because you see those big wins thrown out all the time that it's like, oh, well, if I can just do that, everything will be fine. Mm -hmm. I can tell you from experience, like not (laughs) you get there and you're like, oh, wait, I am still the same. (laughs) Okay. Let me do some self-work. Yeah. Well, you get there and you're like, oh God, I'm still the same. And there's now more work or, oh my God, like I actually don't feel any different than I did before. Oh wow. Fear is still showing up here, you know? And it just, it truly does never change. And it, and that's why it's so important to have those small victories every step of the way, because you truly have to like make it a point to celebrate because really nothing does feel different. I love that. I am personally trying to do more and more of that. I talk about it a lot and I try to do it, but sometimes I catch myself still having a victory and being like, oh, that was awesome. Yay. Like self-hug. Okay, next thing. And it's like one of the things that personally this year, I was like, I'm really going to try to sit in this because I know that in six months or in 12 months, like it will be so far in the past. And if I don't take the time, I probably won't even remember it. And Mm -hmm. I want to remember the journey because, you know, when you get to whatever an end goal is, you get to the end of your life. It's not that, you know, you're going to sit there and be happy because you built a multi-six, seven-plus figure business or, you know, lived in your dream house or whatever. That's not what made you happy. It's the experiences you had doing that. So if we're Mm -hmm. always rushing through it, then what's the point? None. that is the point none but we put ourselves on this track to just rush through and like oh I want to hit this and this and this milestone and it's only till you start passing them and without the recognition that you realize that there is kind of no point if you're not going to stop and enjoy what you did a hundred percent and like that's even like this is such a good point because if you were to ask me, I mean, we're talking about fear, right? And if you were to ask me my biggest fear, I'd be like, time. Time is my biggest fear. And why is that? Because I'm so Ooh. fucking interested in it. I'm so interested in like, how can I use time? So like time is the greatest fucking currency ever. The only difference between this currency and money is you can't hoard it. You can't save it. You can't trade it. You can't spend it quicker. You can't, like, it is just, it is what it truly is. But if you look at all of the things that time gives you back, all of these memories, all of these experiences, all of these feelings, I mean, everything under the spectrum, right? How freaking magical. So it is funny though, when I'm like here, like, put, put fear in your pocket. And I'm like, oh my God, if I could put every freaking second minute hour in my pocket, I'm like, I would, and I would just, I would savor it. But that is the, the proof of like, okay, we have to learn from our past And we have to yearn for our future because I think that's such a key motivator, but like you have to try your best and it's freaking hard, but you truly have to try your best to live as much in the moment as you can and like waver back and forth between, remember you learned this, remember this was a memory. Okay. Remember that you want this, but like be here as much as you can be in that present moment. The in-between is like what I like to call it. The in-between. I think that's so important for like talking about fear is like 
obviously connected to going after our big dreams and what we really want. And then remembering this happiness or this joy, this peace side of it that you're talking about. I like that. Sitting within the peace of what you have. Um, And yeah, I just appreciate that because I really don't think it's spoken about enough. And I think there needs to be more awareness for humans in general, but especially for entrepreneurs in this space where all of that stuff is thrown out at them. And just to remind you guys, it is okay. Like sit in what you have right now and remember a month ago, remember six months ago, even if you feel like at the moment, maybe you're not at your quote unquote goal or big dream. Progress has happened. Like celebrate Mm -hmm. that and sit in that. And remember the fear you brought along the way and you did it anyway. Mm-hmm. And you still have a pulse. Yeah, you still have a pulse. Everything's fine. Mm-hmm. So if there's a listener right now who feels like they have this big dream and it's too far out of reach or maybe there's too much fear or even like, let's be realistic, possible negative realities, like actual things can fail, you know, mm-hmm. Um what would you say to somebody, like, what are some simple steps that they could take to start doing it anyway? Yeah. Okay. I love this actually. And this has been like a a new thought for me in also thinking, whoa, sis, your own dreams are freaking huge. New York Times bestseller, Ted talk, like all, I mean, we can put everything under the sun that feels really big and impossible. And that is like Alexa's bucket list. So with that being said, it's, a, taking inventory on, on what are all these things? What are these dreams that I'm having? Why do they feel out of reach? But most importantly, there's two things. These dreams, these big dreams are living in two places. They're living in your mind right now, which means it's possible. And then B, you saw it somewhere, which means it's possible in another sense. So um, Elizabeth Gilbert, Big Magic, one of my favorite books, she talks about ideas and that no idea is new, but if you don't use your idea, someone else will. So again, you get this idea, we're going to use dreams though. You get this dream and the longer you fester on it, like if you don't use that dream, if you don't move towards that dream, someone else is going to, and it's just going to be someone else you can add to the list of, oh my God, their life is so much better than mine. Oh my God, this feels so impossible. How did this person do it? So my first suggestion is take the word impossible out of your freaking vocabulary. This is something I tried to do in college. I was a dancer, collegiate dancer, and I was like, I'm not using impossible anymore. Like, I'm going to be that naive girl who thinks literally everything is possible. I can do whatever the hell I want. You want to make me do this hard trick? I'm going to freaking do it. You want me to do that? Okay, I'll do that too. I don't know when, but I'm going to do it. And I have really tried to take that into my life in all sense of like, nothing is impossible. So we have this, like you're thinking about it, you're daydreaming about it. Maybe you're even sleeping at night, dreaming about it. You've written it in your journal. You've tried to manifest it. Law of attraction, baby. Like it is living somewhere already. Then secondly, we live in a society where we are constantly scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. So if I look at all like my biggest dreams, okay, New York Times bestseller, like if I think of like how I want my life to be one day, I'm like, I want to be, I want to write books. I want a podcast. I want to travel the world speaking. And I want a freaking team with good ass company culture helping me make that happen. And I'm like, okay, that seems crazy, right? That feels maybe impossible, but feeling is different than is. And then I'm like, okay, what is my proof of possibility? So this is what I want you guys to think. Proof of possibility. Where is all the proof? that I can make this happen. And maybe not one person is doing this. Where's all the proof? I'm sure you follow 10,000 people on Instagram right now that each are doing a portion of your life 
that you're making yourself feel bad about that their life is better, but really they're just showing you proof that you can freaking do this because they're not any more special than you. But if we want to say like Brene Brown, admire the hell out of this lady, right? However, she's got a podcast. In fact, she's got two podcasts. I don't even know how many New York Times bestsellers she's had. Um, she's also has a TED talk. She pretty much has a team to make all these things happen. She travels the country speaking. So who am I to sit here and say that my dreams are impossible when another woman is literally freaking doing it at this exact moment? Proof of possibility. I have never heard this before. I don't know if this is a coined Alexa Glazer term. Proof of possibility is so, I think, eye-opening when you think about it. And it mm-hmm. allows you to then either face your fears or alleviate your fears because you're like, oh, wait a second. Why am I living in that? Other people are doing the same thing. And you're so right. If you don't do it, somebody else is going to do it. So why not you? Yeah. And th- I mean, that's truly the thing of like, sure, it might be really hard to get there. And that is what is hard with society right now. Like we don't know the length of time it's taking someone to get there. But again, you are literally seeing it to me, like your imagination is enough. Like we can create things that are happening in our mind. I truly think that. But again, even if it's like, Hey, so-and-so is a New York times bestseller. This other person has this podcast. I really like this other person is traveling just how I would like to be traveling. So it's three people who I'm like, I admire, I aspire this, their dream. I want to make it my dream somehow. And it's three different people that are showing me that it actually is possible. Hey, and if you're ballsy enough, ask them (laughs) straight up, use social media for a social interaction and ask them. I don't know if they're going to respond, but they might. Like, what if they do? Like, we're so focused on, oh, this person's going to respond. I can, All the negatives, right? I can't do this. This isn't going to happen. This is impossible. This person's too big or scary for me. No, like, we're all just humans, like, living life or trying to, hopefully. Um, I love that because I did that. Before I started this business, I was on sort of a travel writing journey um, and just sort of experimenting with, can I start a business around this? What would that look like? X, Y, and Z. And I tried to sort of start things. And I'd had some resistance with like the kinds of clients and projects that I wanted to work on. And I wanted to know if it was actually viable. And I didn't want to go down this path and put in a lot of effort if it wasn't. So I actually reached out to somebody on Instagram that I had known had done this in the past, but they weren't doing it currently. So what I wanted to know was like, why aren't you doing it right now? Right? Like, did it not work out? So I asked her, she gave me so much information. And let me tell you, she was quote unquote, a big person out there, you know, and she was so happy to be like, actually, I switched my business model completely because of these areas in that industry. And I was like, that's exactly what my intuition was telling me. And I was like, I don't need to know anymore. I don't need to continue to go down that path either. So that's great advice. Go and ask somebody and don't be afraid of like who they are, vanity metric followers or whatever. They're just a person. You know, if they have information that could help you, just ask. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing, too, of like, we all just desire this like sense of human connection and someone who's living this dream life. Like there was a point, even if you don't want to believe it, like they just didn't come out of the womb doing the thing that you want to be doing. Like they had to do something. I don't know why we think everything is just handed to them. Like, I wonder what the statistic is of actual like instant fame, right? Like it's got to be so minuscule, like people's viral population or whatever that terminology would even be like, that's so minuscule. But again, we think like, Oh, that's it. They, they are lucky. They're one of the lucky ones. Like we talked about in the beginning of this episode or something, but 
no, we're all just humans and no one's more special. The only special thing is they decided that nothing was impossible and they went for it. They put fear in their freaking pocket. I'm going to keep saying it so that you do it. They put fear in their pocket and they're like, well, I'm going to do this crazy freaking thing because crazy people change the world because they're crazy enough to think that they freaking can. Steve Jobs, baby. (laughs) So, so good. If you are listening right now and you have a dream and some fear, I want you to stick it in your pocket. Like, listen to her and go for it, you know, and actually be one of the ones who does it. Now, I'm so excited to ask you this question. This is the Closing Freedom Found podcast question that I think is just so revealing about the different ways that we can live our lives. So we all have this dream that we've been talking about, and you've been telling us all about how to face that fear and go toward our dream. And we talk a lot about freedom here. I know you do as well. So if there are listeners out there that have started their business for more freedom and they're facing this fear and they're going towards it, but there's a lot going on. And you know, too, there's a lot you have to do on a daily basis and it can seem like you are working all the time. Mm -hmm. How can people incorporate more freedom into their life as they chase this big dream and this huge thing sits on their plate? How can they still have that freedom along the journey? Yeah, I think first it's like truly, I'm such a word person. So it's really identifying what freedom actually means to you. So it's just like we talked about fear. Is this like someone else's idea of freedom or is it yours? Name your freedom and own the shit out of what your freedom is. But then take a step back and like honor the fact that we are all wired differently. Like we all have this unique thumbprint, this DNA that literally is built inside of us to want to go do this thing. So I think a lot of people who have this idea of, I want this X amount of freedom. I want this thing. We're going to get a lot of the naysayers, the people that use that to fuel, um, your passions and all these things. So don't try to prove other people wrong. Just continue to try to prove yourself right. So honor that you're wired different and just love the shit out of that. Continue to prove yourself right. That is a new mantra. So, Mm -hmm. so good. You've given us so many wonderful things to think about and to actually take action on and incorporate into our lives, not just our businesses. So I know that you have some wonderful things for the continuation of this conversation and these bigger, deeper ideas in our life. So can you share with us, how can people connect with you? How can we work with you? How can we learn from you? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Y'all, I hang out on Instagram every day. (laughs) So come hang out with me there. I'm Alexa Glazer underscore. Um, I do one-on-one coaching. It's a 12-week program. Would love to have you there. And this is the first time I'm actually saying this really out loud, but I'm not sure when this is airing, but Come October, I'm starting my first membership. So ah, I'm so excited. That in September, I'm just, I'm, yeah, clearly, if you tell can see us me more about now, this. Yeah, so it's going to be, and again, I'm kind of like fleshing out ideas right now, but it'll be a monthly membership. I'm going private Instagram group because that's where my people hang out most. That's where I hang out most. But there'll be like a hub where everything lives. It'll be like monthly playlists, monthly prompts. I'm kind of thinking a like monthly happy hour where we can come hang out. There will also be a like level two um, of this where you can get one-on-one coaching, like one call 
um, a month. So for people who want to invest in themselves, maybe don't have the time or don't want to make a huge money investment, but still want that one-on-one time. So I'm just stoked to create community and just like pour into people and really meet my community where they're at and like really love on on everyone. I'm so excited. It's ridiculous. And I'm opening my shop again. Like merch will be coming in the winter. Ah, I'd, seriously, yes. this sounds so good. And before you even said the word community, I was thinking this sounds like a community and not just a membership where you come and, you know, you have access to X, Y, and Z, but it sounds like a community for people to come together. Is that right? Is there going to be a space for yes. like cross-pollination community, like chit-chat? Yes. A hundred percent. So that's why I kind of want this like Instagram place to start, but then kind of get another hub outside of that where people truly can connect from all over. That's been the one beautiful thing of traveling is I don't feel like my community is one hub just because that's where I live because I've just kind of lived everywhere. And so I do think this will be a beautiful way for people to connect with one another from all over. And then just get again, like these really tangible things and just thought provoking ways, like how we just talked about fear here. Like we think fear is such a bad thing, but can we reframe that? Can we unlearn? It's going to be a lot of unlearning and just a place for all the people that feel like I'm alone. No one freaking understands me. I want to do these big, crazy, cool things and no one gets it. Well, we're going to freaking get it. Come hang out with us, please. Okay, so if somebody is interested in being a part or getting on the waitlist, learning more, is there an avenue where people can connect with you to learn more when that debuts? Yeah, so I'll be doing everything on Instagram. September is when I'm going to put a waitlist up. Um, and yeah, September, yeah, and then it'll be October. So I'll be talking about now, teasing some things. Like I said, this is literally like the first time I'm saying it out loud. So how exciting. But September will be waitlist and sign up and all of that thing. All of of the things. Okay. So that means that you guys need to go and connect with Alexa on Instagram right now. So hop over to the Instagram app, connect with her and watch for more future goodness. She's also just such a delight. Um, and I love watching your stories. They like, I feel like I'm there with you and I feel like I know you far longer than I have. Um, so yeah, go connect with her. And you also have a book. Where can we read or listen to said book? Yes, yes. So you can go on my website, alexaglazer.com, if you want it signed. But I also know Amazon's really easy for everyone. So it's on amazon.com. Search Alexa Glazer or Live Dream Today because tomorrow's not promised. And I'm working on book two right now. So next year, y'all, read book one so you can get book two. Yes. So exciting. Thank you so, so much for pouring into our community today. It's always such a blessing. I really mean that to talk to you and you're just such a wonderful human and so appreciate you. Thank you so much. This was literally, I'm so joyful right now. And just thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. A million times. You're welcome. Thank you for coming. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, take a screenshot and share it to your Instagram stories and tag me at crystal.church with your favorite takeaway. This summer, we're drawing one lucky entrepreneur to win a free 30-minute coaching call with me. Catch you next time.